The Fight Talk Podcast is brought to you in part by Heroes and Legends. Heroes and Legends is celebrating 15 years in business, established in 2002, and they specialize in action figures, vintage magazines and programs, DVDs, autographed memorabilia, and other unique pro wrestling related memorabilia. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at HLProWrestling. That's spelt at H-L-P-R-O-W-R-E-S-T-L-I-N-G. And their website, HLProWrestling.com, will be launching on May the 1st. So that's coming up soon. HLProWrestling.com launches on May the 1st. If you want to check them out in person, please join them at the following shows. They will be live in person at Pro Wrestling South. That will be in Bristol, Tennessee. That's April the 29th, and it's also the Hardy's final indie appearance. So, we all know the Hardys are back in the WWE, but you can still catch them one last time on April the 29th in Bristol, Tennessee, and check out the guys at Heroes and Legends as well while you're out there. After that, you can find them at Freedom Pro Wrestling. That'll be the Nashville Fairgrounds, May the 13th. I'll be there live in the house for that show as well, so come check out the Fight Talk podcast and also check out Heroes and Legends. That'll be the Nashville Fairgrounds, May the 13th. Up next, you can find them at Mid-Atlantic Wrestle Expo. That'll be in Richmond, Virginia on May the 20th. After that, the Fanboy Expo in Knoxville, Tennessee on June the 23rd through 25th. And after that, you can find them at Freedom Pro Wrestling, along with me once again at the Fight Talk Podcast in Nashville, Tennessee at the Nashville Fairgrounds on both July the 1st and August the 19th. Stay tuned for more dates and more announcements, but keep in touch. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at HL Pro Wrestling, and make sure on May the 1st you're sitting there ready to click on the brand new website, hlprowrestling.com. This episode of the Fight Talk Podcast is also brought to you in part by Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing. Brian Jensen is a USA Boxing and NSAM certified trainer. You can get a knockout workout without the knockout if you call Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing. He also happens to be my brother, guys. So please, from the bottom of my heart, if you are in the Atlanta, Georgia area, or even nearby, more specifically Sandy Springs, Go drop by Delgado Boxing in Atlanta, Georgia, in Sandy Springs, Georgia, and ask for Brian Jensen. If you want to learn how to throw hands better, he can do that. If you want to learn some self-defense, he can do that. If you're just looking to get in better shape, give him a call. I'm going to give you all the ways that you can get in touch and keep up with Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing. If you want to give him a call, call him directly, 404-316-4516. Once again, 404 316 4516. You can also find him and contact him at brian at delgadoboxing.net. That's his email. B R Y A N at delgadoboxing.net. Keep in mind, that's with the Y, guys. And you can also follow them on their new Instagram page at B Jensen Fitness. So go to Instagram, check out B Jensen Fitness. That's spelled B J E N S E N F I T N E S S. So once again, ask for Brian Jensen at Delgado Fitness if you are in the Atlanta, Georgia, Sandy Springs, Georgia area, or even close by, and get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. Hey everybody, welcome to Fight Talk. This is Steven Jensen. Today's episode of Fight Talk is my conversation with Justin Labar. Justin Labar is a guy who is all over the place in our crazy world of pro wrestling, and just a few things he's involved with, and we talk about it at length in the episode. But just so you know, uh, WWE analyst for Upgroove. He's also an executive producer for Chairshot Reality, uh, does wrestling reality audio. He performs and produces at IWCW Wrestling. Uh, he's involved with 120 Sports. He used to write for Bleacher Report. I mean, this guy's all over the place. And he's a guy I've known about for a long time. So this is a great interview, and it's a really cool perspective to hear from because he's a guy who's very much in the know when it comes to the world of pro wrestling, especially on the WWE side. So it's really, really cool. That's a perspective and a, a point of view I don't really get very often on the show. So it was really cool to have Justin Labar on the show. And special shout out to Matt at WrestleRumble.com. This episode would not have been possible without him and those guys at WrestleRumble.com. Uh, he got me in touch with Justin to even get the interview to begin with. And please, if you haven't already, go to WrestleRumble.com right now. They have a revamped website. Uh, you can actually buy t-shirts off of their website now. Really cool stuff that I'm looking to get my hands on as well. And their payback contest is going to be starting on April the 26th. And the prizes are awesome. I just looked at them today. Uh, today is actually Saturday the 22nd. I'll be going to the UFC live in Nashville at the Bridgestone Arena later tonight. 
Uh, so check me out there if you happen to be in the Nashville, Tennessee area at the UFC. But back on WrestleZone.com, check out their, their contest for payback because you can win $500 cash and two tickets to SummerSlam for first place. Second and third both get $100 cash and two tickets to Money in the Bank. And fourth and fifth, $50 cash. Five zero, fifty dollars $50 cash. Jump on WrestleRumble.com right now. Check that contest out. And always make sure you're following them on Twitter at WrestleRumble. So once again, thank you to Matt at WrestleRumble.com for getting me hooked up for this interview with Justin Labar. Without further ado, here is me and Justin. And also keep in mind, I did have a little bit of technical difficulty at the beginning of this episode, but it doesn't cut out anything important, just a little bit of introduction, so it kind of jumps right in. And like I said, here's me and Justin Labar talking some pro wrestling on the Fight Talk podcast. You know, with Matt being a sponsor of the show, uh, he was like, I met, I met up with him actually at, at Raw right after the show was over, and he's like, hey man, you ever met Justin Labar? I was like, no man, but I keep hearing his name everywhere I turn. It's like, man, I, I was just sitting with him five minutes ago. I was like, oh man, I missed him again. Uh, so uh, it's really cool to have you on here today. And just before we get started, can you let the people kind of know where they can find you at and everything you're affiliated with? Because you're all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful, and make sure you're following him on Twitter. Justin, how was your trip to Orlando, man? I know I just touched on the fact that we were both there, but did you enjoy your time? How long were you down there for? Very cool. Um, will you be there next year as well in New Orleans, I'm assuming? Yeah. 
Yeah, man, and I'm I'm bummed out. I missed out on the uh, the Wing Shack thing this year. Uh, I actually I wound up getting uh, essentially strep throat about two days before I left for Orlando. So like the mixture of like hot wings and beer and those kind of things were just killing my throat when I was down there. And I was resting up, and I I wound up actually doing uh, WrestleMania. Well, I guess NXT WrestleMania Raw and SmackDown. And between just those shows, I was just completely beat. But now I'm really bummed because I'm a huge Adam Cole fan. I would have loved to meet him out there. Well, good man, I would definitely encourage you to go, um, go online, share shot reality, get the video show I do. We had uh, Adam on, again, a little bit unadvertised. Uh, I kind of you know, want to surprise everybody. We didn't want to necessarily alert ROH or alert everybody else. So sure. We had to come in and had a really good time. He uh, did a fun interview. just because we're talking about him and I don't know if you're able to even speak on this but uh, do you have any kind of inkling as to how long until he'll be free to possibly come on over to the WWE because I know there's been talk about that forever uh, well I can tell you his current contract with ROH ends as of May 1st I'm talking to you oh wow okay so that's coming up very soon uh, very good information to know and um, and just one last thing before I get into the, kind of the first topic I wanted to ask you about here. Um, definitely stay in touch, and I'll, I'll do my best to stay in touch with you as well because I'll be in New Orleans next year for WrestleMania, and I have a real good friend um, out of the New Orleans Pelicans organization that helps out with a lot of stuff as far as like the Smoothie King Center goes and the Superdome and all that kind of stuff out there. So I'm going to try to get some cool things going on for next year, and I was definitely going to involve Matt and, you know, of course, you as well. So. Uh, definitely want to link up next year when I'm out there. Wonderful. All right, man. So first thing I got for you, you know, the big thing that's happened recently since WrestleMania weekend has been the brand split. And I think there's a lot of really good things that have come out of it. And they're, they're making some room now for some new faces that I really never saw a push coming to. And, and I think the biggest example of that was this past SmackDown uh, we have Jinder Mahal as the the number one contender for the WWE Championship. And, and this was a guy who, I, I know myself personally, I just kind of thought he was a roster filler uh, when he came back to the WWE. You know, they did the split. They need, to, they need more bodies. They need more recognizable faces to fill the rosters. And I saw him more as like a, like a Kurt Hawkins type, you know, kind of coming in, maybe jobbing for a little while, maybe leaving. And now we got a new contender for the championship. What are your thoughts on this push that uh, Jinder Mahal's been getting? Well, business-wise, it makes sense. I mean, look, he, he, he's from India. They're talking 1.3 billion people in India. It's a huge market that WWE has been trying to tap into in the last 25 years. I mean, in the 90s, they tried with Tiger Ali Singh. Didn't really work. Uh, for a lot of the last 10 years, great college. He was an attraction. He was a circus attraction for his size. Wasn't a real good wrestler. Um, you know, Jimmy Mahal, dude, six foot seven. Uh, he, you know, in the past, he's what they would call a good hand in terms of, you know, he, he could wrestle. He was reliable, he was safe, again, good look. Uh, maybe he got, you know, kind of thrust into the generic category, but, but you know, really a good look, you know, he's cut, he's cut alcohol on his diet, he's gotten real healthy. Uh, he's become a, uh, a fellow client, you know, David Allen, who, who started here in Pittsburgh, who does all my wardrobe and ties, and I got David Allen, help David get, get infiltrated with the movie, now David's doing John Cena, and he's doing most of the WWE roster and outfits and wardrobes. Uh, he's doing Jinder Mahal. Yeah, so I know David deals with gender a lot, and he had nothing but great things to say about gender, and, and I know other people that deal with gender that are there. And it really is the same thing. This guy works hard. He's trying to capitalize on a second chance. Um, he didn't leave under any great, you know, dramatic controversy the first time. It's just kind of, you know, things weren't working out, so they let him go, and, you know, doors left open, and you know, here we are. So he's capitalizing on a second chance. He looks shredded. Um, he's 
doing everything he can do to keep himself healthy. He's a, uh, you know, he's a valuable asset to a huge market. That WWE's always valued, and just, again, they've just never been able to quite, you know, tap into it um, with, with the level of success that they wanted. So, I mean, it's a little out of nowhere, yeah. You know, he hasn't a TV match, I think, since, like, 2012. But, you know, perception's a reality. And it's not like he dominantly won that six-pack challenge. He was in a match with five other people. And so that means five other people that cancel each other out. And he won by cheating. He won in a typical heel fashion by having two guys out of nowhere help him. So he won in heel fashion. Uh, he won in a way that is believable and viable. Um, you know, for somebody who hasn't won straight up otherwise in, in years. And, you know, and he cut a great promo. His promo half of the back was, um, you know, pretty blunt. But it pretty much kind of, you know, I always say in wrestling, art imitating life always kind of works. And, he, you know, he said some things about, you, know, you fans don't like me, you don't like diversity, I'm different, you know, and, and you know, I'm not saying that, like, you know, I'm trying to, like, label anybody as a fan particularly, but it's, you know, it's true. You know, what he said was true. I mean, you know, a lot of people haven't given him a chance for one reason or another, and, you know, here we are, and we always say we want them to build new stars. Well, here we go. Yeah, and, and yeah, I think those are all fantastic points. I thought that the promo he caught was great as well, and he was getting real heel heat. Like, that was him doing a very good job. I mean, the crowd was hot. They were booing him out of the building, and that was the exact reaction, I think, that they were going for. And, and then going forward, you have uh, the Bollywood boys who helped him out, so it looks like he'll get his own kind of like J&J security type situation. And, I mean, I got no problem with it. And like you said, I mean, it's... It's a new face, and it's it's a split roster, and like, why not take a, a chance on somebody new? Yeah, I mean, you got a great deal reaction, you're right. I mean, he did, and, um, and, you know, part of that probably did come from the fact that, you know, it was so out of nowhere, and he was not uh, ever positioned to be, you know, thought of as a guy who would be number one contender, at least not as abruptly, so that probably contributed to the heat. That's okay. Because, again, he won in a heel fashion, so they got the heel heat. Now the key is they're going to run him. The key is now the next, you know, it's, you know, he'll be able to work a match with Randy Orton, no problem. Like, that's, not, that's not the question. It's a matter of can we get him now to what we would assume maybe is backlash. Can we get him to backlash, keep this momentum, keep people caring uh, with the amount of passion they do, with the amount of passion they've had on social media the last two days. Can we keep that? Uh, if we can keep that, if they can harness that and, 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 and grow it even, Expand it. The match against him and, and Randy Orton at the backlash will uh, be more intriguing than we would ever thought on paper. Do you, do you see a scenario if if they if he does carry on the momentum? Do you think he's a, a guy that could potentially be the WWE champion? Do you think he he has a legitimate chance of possibly defeating absolutely. Randy Orton? No, absolutely. Again, they wouldn't be you know again the the business aspect of this. They wouldn't be positioning him as such without at least the possibility. Now, they could be, you know, when I say they, you know, WWE, you know, creative, they could be of the mindset right now that, no, we're not going to give him the title at that when I show immediately. And that may be the case, but they might find, you know, this is working better than we thought. We're going to extend it for a little bit longer. And maybe then he gets it later on. Or maybe, you know, this just goes over so big. I mean, let's just look at something else. I mean, we're, we're every, every podcast, every show's been talking about him all week, so Maybe this goes over so big. They go, you know what? Let's give it to him. Even if it's only for a couple months, let's give it to him. Give him that credibility. You know, and then if he drops it back to Randy Orton, you now Randy's back as champion, but at least he can say he has the credibility, gender can say he has the credibility of being a champion. So, I mean, you know, I learned a long time, I learned a long time ago with wrestling, man. Nothing is official until it happens on TV. And they can, there can be a million plans for one idea. And you hear that crowd reaction. Absolutely, and and you know, speaking of uh, of gender and his push and in, in diversity in the WWE, uh, kind of a great transition into the next guy I wanted to talk about, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, the main reason I I stayed, I actually stayed one extra day in Orlando uh, to go to SmackDown because he didn't show up on Raw, and I'm a really big fan, and I was like, well. 
If he wasn't on Raw, I mean, he's got to be on SmackDown tonight. So I'm staying one more day. I'm going to find me a ticket. I'm going to go to SmackDown. And, uh, I mean, as far as being a fan of his, like, I, I'm subscribed to New Japan World, and I have been for a few years, and I got drawn in by Nakamura in the matches he was having with guys like Tanahashi and AJ Styles and those guys over there. It was just blowing me away, and I, I had to start paying to see it because I, I wanted to support the product. Now that he's back, he's, he's in the WWE, rather, for the first time. It, what, what do you think kind of the future holds for Nakamura? Because he's such a unique individual, and, and speaking of markets that are kind of kind of untapped currently, like, I mean, him being Japanese and, and him speaking, I mean, his English isn't great, but it's, it's good enough to cut, you know, a short promo. Uh, do you see a, a really bright future for Nakamura, or do you see him possibly fizzling after kind of like the, the new car smell kind of fades? definitely agree with that and even in nxt he didn't really compete that that frequently like he did all their takeovers while he was around but uh not not a whole lot of tv matches and the ones that he had were pretty quick uh so they did a really good job i think about making him kind of a special attraction and yeah i'm definitely looking forward to seeing what he does um another debut we saw that night was ty dillinger and he's a guy that i mean geez you know as well as i do i and and he's just been around for so long like when i first found out about ty dillinger um, I, I actually I knew Cody Rhodes back in high school. I watched him during his high school wrestling career. We were on the same team. This is back in you know 2004, 2005, and so I followed his career all the way through. And and his first tag team partner in OVW was Sean Spears, who's now Ty Dillinger. And seeing this guy's progression from what he was in just year after year, just trucking and trucking and trucking, and finally now. He's made the main roster and like he's he's pretty damn over. Now, once again, this the kind of the cynical side of me is saying, well, is he over or is the ten thing over? Because I want to see him be successful. Uh, what are your kind of thoughts on on seeing a guy like Ty Dillinger, like who's who's worked for so long, so hard, finally make it? And what do you kind of see for his future on the main roster? Well, I mean, I think he's 
Well, I still think he has some work to do. You know, I mean, he's, you know, he's over with the NXT crowd. But I mean, I can, I can recall a lot of people that I were, you know, I was in San Antonio for a while more. I can recall um, sitting down with about other than a group of about 30 people. And the majority of these 30 people post Royal Rumble all um, have some connection to, 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 to the wrestling business. Not necessarily, not, not necessarily podcasters, but they, you know, they, they, they have some connection to, to the inside of the business. And, and, and that also means that they're not, they're not necessarily watching everything. You know, they don't each product, but they're not necessarily watching all of NXT or just being up with all of the indie scenes. So my point being is that I'm sitting with all of them and uh, while, you know, to you or to I, it was a popular prediction, a popular, you know, hope that the number 10 spot in the World Rumble would, in fact, be Dillinger, uh, there was quite a few people, actually, I'll say the majority of these people in this group of 30, who just openly said to me, like, yeah, we saw all these people freaking out, we heard this music, and this guy came out, and we did not know who he was. But it didn't, you know. So, I mean, I mean all, and all, again, all it is, go back to the point earlier, just saying more people are watching on SmackDown than NXT. That's not to say that he's not going to be successful, uh, but it's just, you know, Nakamura, if Nakamura had different entrance music or things like that, he still has something that he, it's that it's 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 factor, right? It's a thing that we don't know how to even describe. He has that. I'm not saying that Ty Dillinger doesn't, but I'm also not saying that he does. I just need to see more. I need to see more than a 10, 10, 10. I need more evolution of the character, I guess, for him to appeal to just a broader range of the audience. Very interesting. Those are great points, uh, especially from that kind of perspective because um, that is interesting that, that that, I guess, amount of people didn't, didn't recognize him, didn't know him uh, coming into it. And that really does go to show you, I mean, the amount of people watching NXT versus Raw and SmackDown, very different, um, which brings me to my next... Well, and, and, never, and even beyond the, 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 the difference of people watching NXT versus uh, the, the, the main roster shows, you know, those people that haven't watched NXT, they still probably have heard of Nakamura. And Nakamura may have had several takeover pay-per-views, or, you know, or, or even the Bobby Roos. Sure. The Bobby Roos um, turn around and, you know, in other places. It's just kind of, it's almost like Dillinger just kind of came out of out of nowhere, which, you know, not that thing, again, good for him, but it's, and he just need to see more than just the 10, 10, 10 thing. So, I mean, I, I, I can't say that he's not going to be successful, or he is going to be successful. We just need to see uh, more given to his character. Uh, so, so just, just the gotcha. Good deal. Um, I, I, I'm just kind of looking at the roster here of the SmackDown superstars, just because we've been talking about SmackDown so much since uh, since we started uh, talking here. And one of the most confusing things to me uh, since the original, I, I should say, like this round of brand splits, like last year, has been what they've done with American Alpha, which is another example of you know a team that was very popular in NXT and I has just hasn't had that kind of traction on the main roster whether it be due to I don't like placing blame on like specific people but whether it has to do with like the writing team or whether it has to do with like their own uh work ethic like I have no idea but I do did do you have any idea what's going on with American Alpha or like have they pissed somebody off like like what what happened Raw and SmackDown that have, you know, you can't 
can't count on one hand the amount of people that have uh, creative input and decision making authority. So it's you know it's 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 just it's it's just an adjustment. You know, I don't think anything's been I don't think it's done anything wrong. It's just you know look at the amount of people that have come from NXT to the big. I mean, you know, Kevin Owens is an exception. Kevin Owens got thrust. I mean, you know, Kevin Owens came in worked John Cena right away. We haven't seen that otherwise. You know, so he had a special pass. Um, even Enzo Cass, Enzo Cass came up, came up and they were over like Rover and they really haven't missed a beat, but they also haven't, you know, they haven't won a title. They've also just kind of hung around the same mid-card spot and gotten away with having the same song and dance sing-along. Um, you know, you know, I mean, you know it, it, it's just, it, it, it's just an adjustment. It's such an adjustment. I do, you know, I do these conference calls with Triple H on the week of every NXT takeover and, and, and we'll be doing one next week and we only you know, it's a common topic to talk about about just you know NXT their baby but you come up to to, to Raw SmackDown and there's just so many other things that you can't take an account for or you can't but you can't necessarily micromanage and control there's just an adjustment so you know American Alpha's not going anywhere as long as they stay healthy as long as they stay out of trouble they're not going anywhere they're too good on the eyes they're too athletic um, you know fans will get behind them you know, but it's just, it's just such a, it's it just, you're going from, you're going from a con to an ocean. It's just the plainest way to put it. Okay, awesome, good deal, good deal. Uh, very well explained. Uh, now, moving on from that, just, I mean, this is switching gears kind of completely, going over to the Raw side. Um, were, were you a fan of the uh, the Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg match at WrestleMania uh, this past, uh, I guess, just a couple weeks ago? Yeah, I thought it was exactly what it needed to be. You know, it needed to be longer than all the other matches. Logically, it makes sense. You know, logically, they, they would have, at this point, you know, <laughs> excuse me, um, you know, uh, been familiar enough with each other, so it should have been longer. Uh, but it couldn't go too long, and I think it kind of channeled just the right amount of pace, the right amount of timing, and Brock uh, won to no huge surprise. And I kept saying over and over all the weekly up the mania, Brock needs to win. And the next night, I want to see Braun Strowman go face to face with him, and, and maybe even Braun Strowman beat him right there. Uh, and I got close to getting all that, but uh, Braun didn't beat him there. But we're going to get that match eventually, and I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah, well, thank you for bringing that up because that has been a big topic recently. Uh, Braun Strowman absolutely killing it on Raw lately. Uh, one of the best segments I've seen in a long time, a couple weeks ago, when he uh, flipped over that ambulance. I mean, I just thought the whole thing was great, and. Uh, you know, they broke the ring this past Monday, which people, I mean, there's such jaded fans out there. There's people complaining that they've seen it before, but I mean, it's been like three times in history we've seen it, and, and the crowd goes nuts for it. I got no problem with it at all. Um, what, so, which, is stupid, which, is stupid by the, which is stupid, by the way, because uh, how, many, how many hundreds or probably thousands of tables have we seen broken? And yet, people pop like crazy when when somebody pulls a table from underneath or a chair shot or, or I mean, so just because something is a little bit bigger and more theatrical, like a ring breaking, yeah, we've seen it before, but you know, it's not been. Uh, we see it every single month or even every single year, and they they tend to pick the right spot the right people do it. And other than the first time they did it for the shock factor, I'd probably say this past week was the most appropriate time to do it with, with the most appropriate people involved. So anybody goes, oh, we see this again. This is this. this Dude, yeah, great point, great point. Because I, I feel the same same exact way about that, and I thought it, I thought it was great, and it all made sense storyline wise. It, I mean, everything is working with that, and I don't know. I, I honestly don't know like your your complete stance on the, kind of where you stand on Roman Reigns, but as far as like Strowman goes, because kind of the one kind of I guess you'd say uh, blemish on what Strowman's done has been his loss to Roman Reigns and and that, but. But Strowman looks so damn strong right now that he looks like a credible uh, opponent for Lesnar. Is that a match that you see happening uh, sometime soon or down the line? Because I, I, or are they working towards Brock and Roman at, at WrestleMania next year? Because they've been already hinting at that happening again. Like, where do you see kind of the three of them working out? Well, WrestleMania is so far away. There's always rumors of what they're aiming towards, and so much can change. But uh, I think Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman at SummerSlam—that's got that written all over it, which will be fantastic to see. 
Braun lost to Roman Reigns, I would have loved if they would have been able to keep it so where Braun hadn't got pinned at all. But I will at least give them credit to say that when Roman beat Braun, it wasn't like Roman uh, definitively, you know, beat down and, you know, Braun, I mean, Braun went for a high risk. He went on the top rope, just that high risk, and that's what caused the finish. So, I mean, it was very... You know, it, 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 if a problem was going to lose, it was one just step of a high-risk calculation. So, you know, I think it's quite amazing, actually, when you think about um, the amount of programming that WWE has, the amount of oversaturation, the amount of the fact that they've been able to keep wrong so protected over the time. And let's, let's not forget either. This is a guy, I mean, I got to go down and get a tour of the performance center. Uh, a tour of NXT, I was at the takeover where it was Sasha vs. Bailey for the Iron Woman match, the first ever one, uh, in October of whatever year that was. And, uh, and Braun, I believe, just made his debut on the main roster with the Wyatt family two months earlier. And people down there in the company were still buzzing about, you know, Graham, he probably hadn't, you know, he only enough he had had one single snipe on TV at that point. He was just still, you know, walking around with the Wyatt family. But they were still buzzing about the fact that here's a guy who never had an NXT TV match, had so few matches at all in NXT, not televised. I mean, we're talking less than 20. This guy came from the from the, from the powerlifting world and was really thrown in the deep end. And he is athletic. He's picked it up very quickly, all things considered. Um, and, 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 and he holds his own. You know, working with some great people like Big Show and like Roman Reigns. Um, it, you know, boom, boom, you're supposed to boom, and he's doing a good job of the heel. But if we want to get smart and talk real, real talk is that guy had all the makings to be one of the guys for a long time. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I wish, just like you, I, I wish they could have kept it to where. Uh, Braun wouldn't have lost to Roman or or some sort of scenario there, but like you said, uh, they they kept him quote unquote strong even in the in the loss there, and he's the kind of guy that like he legitimately looks like a, just a badass dude that no one can mess with. I mean, like he's like this per and, and he's he's relatively young still, right? I mean, like he's gonna have a lot of years if he stays healthy. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, he's still in twenties, so it's unreal. Um. Speaking of these three guys, as far as like Brock Lesnar's concerned, do you like him as WWE champion and being more more of an attraction that we only see every you know handful of months, or would you prefer it to be somebody who we see every week? Oh, well, I mean, I like having the champion around more often than not, but uh, you can't argue against the business numbers, the special attraction that he is, the business and the attention that he draws every time he's on TV or, or wrestling um, is, is is just a perfect formula. So. But yeah, I mean, you always want, as a fan, you always want, you know, the champion around. You know, you want to see a title present. But, um, you know, one of the things that makes him special is the fact that he's not always around. And, and again, so it, it gives you the message of when he shows up, it's a big deal. So, can't argue with that. Sure, and, and do you think that, uh, that the kind of Goldberg feud that we just saw was a way to kind of put even more kind of like monster factor like into into the Brock Lesnar character so that at some point down the line whether it's a year from now two years from now whenever it is that that they can really build somebody huge that really defeats him like do you see maybe like a Braun Strowman or maybe like a Finn Balor I know we're talking hypothetical and it could be a long time from now but you know do you think that that's kind of what they were using this for was to make Brock just look that much more destructible so that somebody can come along and, and get that rub. It was about to be, it was about to be six months big, you know, business to, to build the stock of the title up. Um, and, you know, everybody else was fine. Like, people bitched about when Goldberg beat Brock as quick as he did in Survivor Series. But it's like, nobody else could have done that. Like, you know, I mean, like, I like Kevin Owens, but like, people are like, oh, like, you know, what if Kevin Owens would have done it? Okay, you have Kevin Owens who's having 15, 20 minute matches against Sami Zayn, competitive matches. How are you going to justify that he goes from a 20 minute match against a guy like Sami Zayn who loses more often than not and then goes in and beats Brock Lesnar at that extent? The only person that could have done it was Goldberg. Goldberg's been gone for 12 years. Yeah, he's been gone for 12 years. That also means he hasn't lost in the last 12 years. And by the way, he doesn't look like a 50 year old. He looks pretty, pretty freaking good. And his entire legacy was a giant undefeated streak. 
Goldberg was almost the only guy that could do that. And now all of a sudden you have Goldberg tapping into Brock's number. Brock eventually gets the better of Goldberg at Mania. Now the stock has risen, whether people are, whether, whether fans want to bet or not, the stock has risen for that title. And, you know, you're really set up. I mean, but to me, Strowman is the only guy who can capitalize. Strowman's the only guy, perception is reality. Strowman is the only guy who, with his size and the way he's been booked, could go in and beat Brock Lesnar and it'd be believable. I think Finn Balor is one of the nicest individuals in the world, and he's also one of the most athletically gifted for what his size is. But 185 pounds of him at less than six foot, how the frick do you going to tell me that he's going to go in and beat a Brock Lesnar? It's just, uh, like, and, and, and it, like, I don't care, like, I don't care about X, I don't, I don't, I don't it, it doesn't make sense. There's no makes sense. The only person that could beat Brock Lesnar realistically is Braun Strowman. That's not to say they don't have Roman Reigns do it, but really, if you look at perception and reality, Braun Strowman is the guy. Well, that was that was actually the other thing, kind of in the back of my mind was that I mean I could I could totally see them uh, doing that with Reigns as well, uh, potentially. But I mean we'll we'll have to wait and see. I I also do think it's worth mentioning, and I know that Brock is technically retired from mixed martial arts, but I I just don't see him never fighting in the UFC again. And I don't know when that's going to happen, but I you know that's kind of my other wheelhouse is is mixed martial arts and. I mean, I, I, I think we're going to see him fight again in the UFC. And I don't know what's going to happen then, but I'd imagine WWE has a plan for that. I hope to see him stick around the WWE, though, because I do like him as a pro wrestler. And But I just think that's, that's just kind of... The thing with Brock, to me, is he's, like, the biggest thing in the world when it comes to pro wrestling. Like, he's this box office attraction. He's so, he's so like, to himself, but, like, the public is so willing to pay to see him. And it's, like, this, this anomaly, like, we've never seen before. It's, like... I don't know how to explain it. He's like this box office, but I, the back of my mind, I'm always like, but when is he just going to up and bail again? You know, and why, I just... Why, why would he bail? Why would he do that? He came back last summer, he beat Mark Hunt. It's almost like he proved everybody, okay, I'm healthy now. If that articulated, I won. Why, why, go, why go fight a real, a real undetermined fight when you don't know if you're going to win or lose and have to earn your money based upon if you win or lose? Why do that when everybody already thinks you're a badass and you can just, you know, fight in a predetermined scripted situation like WWE for a couple more years and, and make more money? And, uh, and to me, I don't see any reason to go back. Sure, and and I and I agree with you. Um, but as far as like, yeah, he did beat Mark Hunt, but of course we all know he he failed his drug test after that. So technically, that win didn't really happen as far as like his record is concerned. And then going from there with the landscape of the UFC now, like, they could very, like, if they gave, which is totally possible, as crazy as this sounds, it's totally possible the UFC would offer him a heavyweight title shot. Like, they could, they, they're giving people title shots that, that are out of the complete blue. Like, George St. Pierre hasn't fought for three years. He's getting a title shot in his first fight back. Like, I think they could attract him over there, and his, the, t- the timing of him retiring from mixed martial arts makes all the sense in the world because I mean I could be wrong about this but him being a, a part-time performer for the WWE he's not getting the same wellness policy tests and stuff that that the full-timers are getting so it's really he, well, the, full-timers he, getting, the full-timers aren't getting any bonuses Brock Lesnar's still making out more than they are once the network started the pay-per-views in LA Brock Lesnar has a deal constructed better than pretty much anybody else not only with money but also Gotcha. Well, but that all being said, you know that's a that's a completely separate topic. But this is just something that's kind of always in the back of my mind with him. And and I mean, this is coming from a lifelong Minnesota Vikings fan over here. Like I I kind of loved when he left the first time and tried out for the Vikings because I thought it was I thought it was crazy. But I'm a fan of the team, so I was like I was all for it. I'm a big UFC fan. I like seeing him over there too. But at the end of the day, I'm a I'm a pro wrestling fan over everything. I've I've been attached to that longer than all of it. Uh, so. That all being said, that's just a whole other, a whole other thing that's just kind of in the back of my mind sometimes with, with Brock. Uh, moving on from there, uh, just a couple more things I want to ask you about while I've got you. And uh, Samoa Joe, I know we've talked a lot about NXT guys. Well, I was I was kind of confused as to like him not having anything over WrestleMania weekend, but they've built him so strong right off the bat. Um, 
what are just kind of some thoughts you got on Samoa Joe? Because I think it's really cool that they've made him like this destroyer character so quickly, but I don't really know where they're going with it. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And as far as uh, just another name that keeps coming up, the Miz. Uh, any thoughts on him switching over to over to Raw? Because I th- I thought that he was he was doing such great work over on SmackDown. Well, he ran his course on SmackDown. You know, for a two-hour show, there's always so much room to move. He's probably the best heel, true heel that WWE really has. Um, so if you got three hours to fill, you know, he's uh, he's, he's one of the most true, truest heels they have. Good deal, good deal. And uh, last names I want to bring up here because I know that this is the uh, this this was my number one markout moment for the entire Orlando trip uh, was the Hardys return. Um, is there, at least your knowledge, is there truth that the WWE would like to use the broken gimmick, but they're 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 in some sort of legal hold up to where they can't currently? And that's something I'm I'm personally really looking forward to. Um, well, Justin, man, I, th- I know I've taken up uh, about 45 minutes of your time today, and I I really once again I appreciate so much uh, you giving me that time and coming on the uh, Fight Talk podcast today, man. Is there anything else? I know you touched on it at the beginning of the show, but if you'd like to again, just tell any you know tell people where they can find you, or at least you know get your Twitter back out there for everybody. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Justin. You have a great rest of your night, man. Thanks, man. All right, everyone, and that was Justin Labar. And, man, great interview. That guy is as knowledgeable as it gets in the world of pro wrestling. And I know I might have put him kind of on the spot with a couple questions, but, you know, it isn't too often that you get to talk to a guy who's so closely linked to the to the business. You know, every now and then, you know, I get a, a UFC fighter on here or I get a, a professional wrestler, usually an independent pro wrestler, but... Very rarely do I get to talk to people who are really in the know about things and uh, a lot of really great information in that in that episode of Fight Talk. So uh, thanks once again to Justin Labar, and you can find him on Twitter. You can find him everywhere. I mean, he's involved with everything, and I find him on WrestleZone.com. So a little plug there for WrestleZone.com. I've been using that website forever, and I've also used um, my friends at NoDQ.com as well. want to give you guys a shout-out to. Not not related in any way, shape, or form, but I don't want to leave those guys out because I love them over there as well. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, my handle is at FightTalk underscore. That's at F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Podomatic. If you are on iTunes, please rate and comment on the podcast as well. It really, really helps out. It really does. I know I say it all the time, but it is the truth. If you want to get Fight Talk Podcast merchandise, you can find it on WhatAManeuver.net. That is WhatAManeuver.net. Got everything you're looking for on that website. You can even find links to the podcast on there, but you can also get merchandise there as well, whatamaneuver.net. My Facebook page, at Fight Talk Podcast, I think you do it all one word, it'll pop up, or just search my name, Steven Jensen, or just search the word Fight Talk, you should be able to find it on Facebook, on that Facebook group. And shout out once again to the man who linked me and Justin Labar up today, Matt from WrestleRumble.com. And everybody, WrestleRumble.com is the place to be. They got the best contest you could ever imagine. If you like fantasy booking, you like predicting pro wrestling, thinking about pro wrestling, and basically armchair quarterbacking pro wrestling, WrestleRumble.com is the place to be because guess what? You can win tickets to major shows for the WWE, and you can also win cash prizes. And we're not talking just small cash prizes. We're talking hundreds of dollars on the line every contest on WrestleRumble.com. Make sure you're staying up to date with what they do at WrestleRumble on Twitter. Thank you very, very much for listening to today's episode, and I will be back soon. Hey, motherfucking Mark-ass motherfucking Mark!
Fight Talk podcast is brought to you in part by Heroes and Legends. Heroes and Legends is celebrating 15 years in business, established in 2002, and they specialize in action figures, vintage magazines and programs, DVDs, autographed memorabilia, and other unique pro wrestling related memorabilia. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at HL Pro Wrestling. That's spelt at H L P R O W R E S T L I N G. And their website, HLProWrestling.com, will be launching on May the 1st. So that's coming up soon. HLProWrestling.com launches on May the 1st. If you want to check them out in person, please join them at the following shows. They will be live in person at Pro Wrestling South. That'll be in Bristol, Tennessee. That's April the 29th, and it's also the Hardys' final indie appearance. So, we all know the Hardys are back in the WWE, but you can still catch them one last time on April the 29th in Bristol, Tennessee, and check out the guys at Heroes and Legends as well while you're out there. After that, you can find them at Freedom Pro Wrestling. That'll be the Nashville Fairgrounds, May the 13th. I'll be there live in the house for that show as well, so come check out the Fight Talk podcast and also check out Heroes and Legends. That'll be the Nashville Fairgrounds, May the 13th. Up next, you can find them at Mid-Atlantic Wrestle Expo. That'll be in Richmond, Virginia on May the 20th. After that, the Fanboy Expo in Knoxville, Tennessee on June the 23rd through 25th. And after that, you can find them at Freedom Pro Wrestling, along with me once again at the Fight Talk Podcast in Nashville, Tennessee at the Nashville Fairgrounds on both July the 1st and August the 19th. Stay tuned for more dates and more announcements, but keep in touch. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at HL Pro Wrestling, and make sure on May the 1st you're sitting there ready to click on the brand new website, hlprowrestling.com. This episode of the Fight Talk Podcast is also brought to you in part by Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing. Brian Jensen is a USA Boxing and NSAM certified trainer. You can get a knockout workout without the knockout if you call Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing. He also happens to be my brother, guys. So please, from the bottom of my heart, if you are in the Atlanta, Georgia area, or even nearby, more specifically Sandy Springs, Go drop by Delgado Boxing in Atlanta, Georgia, in Sandy Springs, Georgia, and ask for Brian Jensen. If you want to learn how to throw hands better, he can do that. If you want to learn some self-defense, he can do that. If you're just looking to get in better shape, give him a call. I'm going to give you all the ways that you can get in touch and keep up with Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing. If you want to give him a call, call him directly, 404-316-4516. Once again, 404 316 4516. You can also find him and contact him at brian at delgadoboxing.net. That's his email. B R Y A N at delgadoboxing.net. Keep in mind, that's with the Y, guys. And you can also follow them on their new Instagram page at B Jensen Fitness. So go to Instagram, check out B Jensen Fitness. That's spelled B J E N S E N F I T N E S S. So once again, ask for Brian Jensen at Delgado Fitness. If you are in the Atlanta, Georgia, Sandy Springs, Georgia area, or even close by and get a knockout workout without getting knocked out.